0: On today's show, Noah and I preview the World Series between the Los Angeles Dodgers and the Tampa Bay Rays. We look at how they built their rosters, how they got to the series, and who do we think is going to win all that. And we look at all the top stories from the NFL from the previous week, week six, who won, who lost, and everything that happened in between. Let's go. This man was a bona fide scrub.
1: back to the Bonafide Scrums Podcast. Hosted by Noah Levine and Will Swanky, as usual. And baseball took a turn. Two phenomenal series finished off Well, The Dodgers came back from 3-1 on Sunday night. Ballinger had a clutch home run, and the Dodgers are back in the World Series for the third time in four years. They made it in 2017-2018, where they both lost. And now 2020, they didn't make it last year because the Nationals bounced them. And the Braves, they almost blew a 3-0 lead. We were talking about Game 7, who we thought was going to win. And the Rays tried out Charlie Morin, a pitcher who was 3-0 with a .64 ERA. In winner-take-all games, and him and Snell combined to pitch well, and the bullpen finished it off. So the Rays did not blow a 3-0 lead just like the Yankees did in 4 The Yankees are still the only team to blow a 3-0 lead in a baseball series. So it is the Rays versus the Dodgers. The stage is set. Both teams have the best record in the respective leagues. So yeah, it's going to be a fun, exciting series. It's sort of uh, one of the poorest teams in baseball. The 28th ranked payroll by the Rays versus the second highest, the Dodgers.
0: Yeah, not a cheap World Series at all. Both the number one seeds in each uh, conference making it to the World Series. So there will be no asterisk next to this. There's going to be fans. There were fans at both the conference championships, and there will be fans at the World Series. So... Things getting back to normal for baseball, and uh, there were no surprises, no crazy upsets in the playoffs. I mean, we saw the Astros make it all the way to the ALCS once again. They were, I think they were the 7 Cs, so they had a little bit of a run there, but they were not able to complete the the 3-1 comeback or 3-0 comeback. And really both great championship series. I mean, we saw both teams obviously both go to Game 7, both have some pretty big comebacks, and yeah, now it's time to finally get to the World Series. Game one is tonight, so we will see what what it will look like, what it will be like in Texas with with fans at the games. Dodgers, as you mentioned, one of the richer teams. And the Rays, the number one seed unlikely sort of heroes coming into the year. They are, uh, of course, they're they a very analytics-driven team. There's been a lot of conversations recently surrounding if analytics works. I think we can say that it does, being that Both the Dodgers and the Rays made it to the World Series, and they are two very heavily analytics-driven teams. So yeah, it's going to be exciting. I I like that two top seeds made it. I know most people root for the underdogs, but I think it sort of adds to the stakes and and proves that even in the COVID 60-game season, the two best teams really are going to compete uh, against each other.
1: I was sort of rooting for the Astros in that series against the Rays (laughs) when they were down 3-0.
0: Both the Rays and the Astros, I, after this season, I really dislike both of them. So yeah, I, I, mean, I guess I'll take the Rays winning.
1: It would, be, it would be funny if the Astros actually made it to the World Series and rematched the Dodgers. <laughs> but um, Atlanta sports continues to choke. They blew a 3-1 lead to the Dodgers. I mean, the Braves did not have Soroka at all in the series. And Bellinger hit that clutch home run. I was watching the game, and it was, it was a no-doubter. As soon as he hit it, I, we, everyone knew in the ballpark it was gone. World Series, I believe it's in Texas, right? It's at Arlington yeah, Park, Arlington. Texas Rangers. So that's a hitter's ballpark. So expect a lot of runs to be scored by by both teams, especially the Dodgers. They have one of the best lineups in baseball, maybe the best. I mean, this team didn't even need Mookie Betts to go to the playoffs and make the World Series, but they did. They got him because they could pay for him.
0: Yeah, it's really just the big, you know, behemoth team in the Dodgers. They made the World Series a bunch of times over the past few years versus the Rays, who have never won. So, definitely two teams on sort of the polar opposite of the MLB spectrum. A rich team with a lot of recent success, and then a team which is looking for its first championship that has a cheap payroll. So, I think most people will probably be rooting for the Rays just because of that, again, that underdog mentality. They don't really want to see the big, rich team win, which is usually what happens in baseball. But, yeah, it looks like it's going to be a pretty competitive series. And... Yeah, you're right. There should be a lot of offense. I think the Dodgers manager Dave Roberts at the end of last game, he said that this was this was their year that they were going to finally win the World Series. Obviously, they've been disappointed by the cheating Astros one year, uh, Boston another time. So they think it's their year to finally knock off the Rays, another ALCS or not ALCS, another AL East opponent they're going up against. Yeah, and I
1: believe Dave Roberts is one of those more sort of old school style managers. I mean, he listens to analytics, but he makes a lot of spontaneous decisions by himself, and a lot of people hate Dave Roberts for that or you like him or dislike him for that. But, I mean, Dodgers got here. They had a little more talent than the Braves. I mean, they, they got rid of Rue in the offseason, who was a scion candidate, and they don't miss a beat. Their pitching great. Dustin May steps in this season. Dodgers just find players every single year. They're so good. at They're just smart, and they're, they're smart developing players, and they're smart signing and retaining free agents. They also add AJ Pollock in the offseason. He was a great piece. He sort of like all their backups are literally better than most of the MLB team starters. Like AJ Pollock is, is a great pl- He was a great player from the Diamondbacks. And he doesn't even play every day on the Dodgers squad. The Dodgers just find ways to keep winning. And I, I'm rooting for the Rays in this series, though. I am going with the underdog mentality here. Will the Rays, I mean, they're one of the poorest teams in baseball. They've never won a World Series, so that would be a great story if they won. They only made it once in their entire entire franchise history which has only been like 25 years about 2008 they lost to the Phillies so they definitely have less talent than the Dodgers but can their pitching survive the Dodgers bats what do you think
0: it's going to be interesting I mean I think I'll probably be rooting for the Dodgers just because as a Yankees fan I guess rooting for the Dodgers is weird but also wow the Raves obviously knocked out the Yankees, the Yankees. so I, I can't necessarily support them especially the narrative this whole year has really been the Rays coming for the Yankees and they got their opportunity to knock them down in the postseason, and they did. So I'm going to have to root for the Dodgers have to see if they can win. I like their roster. I, I like Cody Ballinger. I picked him as my MVP candidate all the way back to start the year. I, I, he probably will not win it, but no, uh, he was my pick all the way when we did our preview show. Dustin May, neither of us picked him. I don't, I don't even know if we did rookie of the year when we did that show, but he probably will win NL rookie of the year. So they continue to find the, the sort of uh sleeper players to bring up and yeah they definitely have a great roster and the Rays I mean yeah they're pitching their three guys Snell, Glasnow, Morton. Uh I don't know. I didn't really think too highly of them coming into the postseason. Morton and Glasnow <laughs> both had got ERAs over four. They both had ERAs over four through the regular season 60 games. So they've they've been better than expected. Uh Snell, he, he was good all year. He's their ace but I don't know. I think the Dodgers are a, a better built team. They're just like the Yankees. They have more talent one through nine. They have a deep bench and they don't have necessarily bad pitching. They have Walker Bueller, who's obviously an all-star. Clayton Kershaw, who has is sort of known for his postseason struggles, but he will be back in this series. And then you get May, who is obviously a tremendous rookie. So I think the Dodgers will be able to pull it out. I just think they're a better team all around. The Rays' bullpen, obviously, is probably their biggest strength. They have, obviously, as Kevin Cash likes to refer to them, their stable of guys that throw 98. And uh, they definitely played a role in all of their playoff series so far. So even if the Rays' starting pitching does not have it, you can rely on their bullpen. But I just think the Dodgers, offensively, are a little bit too talented.
1: Yeah, I think the Dodgers probably win this series in six games. I mean, it all depends if the Rays can manufacture enough runs against these Dodger pitchers. I mean, some games are going to be low-scoring, and can the Rays really pull through? I mean, they've answered that question. Again, the last two series against the Yankees and Astros, they were able to pull through. The rookie, Randy Arrozina. How do you say his name? Arozarena. Arozarena. He was a rookie, and he won LCS MVP, sort of an unknown. He was actually traded from the Cardinals for Jose Martinez at the start of this year, in 2020, in January. And I remember people on Twitter were like, why would the Rays just give up Jose Martinez for this random rookie? Well, guess what? This rookie has proven he's a good player. He had a he had that home run off Chapman in the uh, Division Series in Game 5 that propelled him to win. And he had a he won LCS MVP, so he's on fire. The Rays are finding ways to score, and if they can keep it up, it's going to be a very competitive series against the Dodgers.
0: Yeah, I mean, coming into this series, we saw the the Rays, they nearly blew their 3-0 lead, and the Dodgers, they came all the way back, down 3-1 against the Braves, so definitely some momentum shifts here from both of these teams. I mean, the Rays, obviously, they ended up winning the game when it counted, but if you think about the games leading into the Game 7, they were really you know searching for their momentum and needed to just do everything they could to win that final game, so... The Dodgers, they're hot right now. They obviously are on a, a three-game win streak, so we'll see if they can continue that going into the series. I think they'll probably be able to win in six. I already outlined you know that they're more talented, and their pitching definitely is not completely terrible or useless. So, yeah, I think maybe that, plus their momentum, plus their uh, ability to keep winning. Uh, they had the best record in the MLB this year, so it would make sense if they were able to come out on top. Yeah, the
1: Dodgers that Cody B home run. Usually the Dodgers are the ones choking. They're the ones choking, and they were down three one, but the Braves did the choking here. Sorry, Pat, your Braves got <laughs> dunked on in Game Seven. <laughs> Dodgers are going series, and it's it's ironic how um the Rays actually like Snell didn't even want to play this season. Remember way back in March when the pandemic started, and he's like, I don't want to risk my life for money. He was like on Twitch just saying that during his stream. But uh, here they are. The Rays made it, and he uh, played the full season.
0: Yeah, that is funny. I and mean, the Rays probably wouldn't be here without him uh, active no. for the year either. So it, it is funny that he was able to you know, overcome that. And I guess maybe the negotiations between the MLB and the Players Association, they got the players their full money. So maybe that's a reason why he decided to stick around. But yeah, I mean, on the other side, the Dodgers, David Price opted out for the year. So he obviously has not been there. They found success without him. Uh, Forgot he he was on that team. Yeah, he's not necessarily like a great pitcher anymore. But, you know, he's a veteran. He adds to their rotation. He'd probably pitch a game if he were here right now in the World Series. So they're doing this all without him. And uh, yeah, we'll see if they're able to get it done. Game one tonight. So it'll be exciting. Yep. 8 p.m. on Fox. And good year for Tampa Bay. I
1: mean, they got Brady in the offseason. The Buccaneers are turning it around. (laughs) The Lightning. They redeemed themselves from losing to the eighth seed last season as the, have, having the best record of all time for an NHL regular season. But they, were, they won this year the Lightning. They won the bubble. Can the Rays put the ter- cherry on top? Can they win the World Series? And can Tampa Bay go with the Super Bowl where they, where they would host it? So if you're a Florida fan or a Tampa Bay fan, great year of sports for you. And in Florida, I mean – How people, about L.A.?
0: How about yeah, LA? that's but true. Lakers the Lakers just won the championship and now the Dodgers are there. So,
1: uh, storylines. Um, great year for Tampa Bay and Flor- Floridians. Um, they don't wear masks down there, so they're having fun. <laughs> they, they're still they they're the winning championship, spot, but they they're get the- to win. Yeah, they get to win. The bubble was there in Orlando, so uh, great year for Florida.
0: <laughs> All right, how about week six in the NFL? We saw my team the minnesota vikings lose to a winless atlanta falcons they uh, fired their coach <laughs> i guess the firing the coach method truly Works. is the way to win games maybe the jets will finally do it i don't think they will though um maybe the vikings okay, your should fire seahawks- zimmer after this yeah we could talk about that once we get into that game uh your seahawks had a bye so nothing to say there uh let's start off with the Steelers facing the Browns. Baker Mayfield, we're going to name him our, our bona fide scrub. He had 119 yards, two picks. They got blown out. He got benched. I know he was banged up coming to this game. Uh, he may have just left with an injury. I don't want to necessarily say that he definitely got benched, but he didn't perform well. And uh, clearly, they just got absolutely steamrolled. So the Steelers continue to roll, uh, while the Browns, they now are 4-2. and two. So that division, it, it's tightening up the Steelers' are at the top right now. The Ravens, obviously, are, are still there. Uh, but yeah, the Steelers, they definitely look like a real contender. We had Chris on, on the show the preview <laughs> week one, and we kind of didn't take him seriously when he was talking all about the we Steelers didn't. being great. But Big Ben is back. He looks healthy. James Conner seems to be playing well. Chase Claypool is a emerging rookie that everybody seems to like. He, he's big. 6'4", draws Megatron comparisons. So they seem to be pretty deep. I know Devin Bush. I think he's going to have season-ending knee surgery, so that's, that's definitely a big a loss. Hit. That's a hit on their defense, but they seem to be a pretty well-rounded team and uh, could be a Super Bowl contender now. I think we can confidently say that. Yeah,
1: they're five and zero. They have a better record than the Chiefs and the Ravens. Um, your dad's definitely celebrating after another win, five and zero. Him and Chris <laughs> are having fun that in Pittsburgh. Deontay Johnson was out for this game. He lo- he was sort of looking like to be the number one receiver for the season, but Juju Smith-Schuster, um, this guy uh, maybe he's really not that good in reality. And Big Ben doesn't throw to him that much. He had like two catches in this game. He hasn't done anything really all season. Yeah, maybe uh he's just not an alpha receiver. He needs that Claypool or uh, Deontay Johnson or even A B next to him. <laughs> all right, how about the Bears? They're five and one, the complete opposite record of the Vikings. Nick Foles. <laughs> The Bears are going to be a playoff team this year. It looks like I did not expect that. They came into Carolina. Bridgewater struggled. He threw two picks. Just an ugly game. The Bears won by seven. I mean, I don't know. Are we should we take the Bears more seriously? Do they can they actually make a run? I I don't know.
0: Yeah, it's been the the favorite thing of everybody, including us, to say that the Bears are frauds and that they are definitely the worst five now five and one team, but. I don't know. They, they are convincingly, convincingly winning games, and uh, they are on a little bit a bit of a win streak. Nick Foles in the starting lineup seems to be working out well for them. I, I know David Montgomery was my fantasy feature of the week. He did perform well in this game. So, yeah, they seem to be a, a pretty well-rounded team as well, like the Steelers. They, just that question has always been about the quarterback position, and now with Trubisky on the bench, Nick Foles firmly in the starting spot, Maybe they really are just uh, an all-around good team, and the NFC North, like a competitive division. The Vikings somehow are the worst team at one and five, but the lines are yeah, better. It's, it's a it's a fight for the top. I mean, the Packers just lost; they now have the same record as the Bears. So maybe it really is a chance for the Bears to win the division this year.
1: Yeah, I mean, the Bears are in first. Foles keeps playing well. I don't see why they can't make a decent run. I mean, the defense was never the issue at this team. They have a lot of great players. Cleo Mack, Eddie Jackson, the secondary. Uh, Kyle Fuller has been arguably the best cornerback in the NFL this year, the Bears corner. And,
0: yeah, they're clicking on both sides of the ball. So that's great for them. All right, we'll stick with the NFC North here to discuss the Packers. They came out after their bye week and had a terrible game. They went into... Tampa, and they got blown out by Brady and and the Bucs Rodgers. He looked like the Rodgers I expected to see this year. Two kicks <laughs> in this game. Their offense really just never got anything going. Only one touchdown. Uh, obviously with the 10 points. And for the Bucs, I mean, they look great. Their defense obviously getting a couple of turnovers. Brady able to connect with Gronk and Ronald Jones looks really good. He, he had two touchdowns in this game. So they they seem to be, you know, finding their rhythm. There was a lot of talk at the beginning of the year about all their new players, uh, how will they all mesh together? And uh, now it seems like six weeks in, they're sort of seeming to find their rhythm and uh, coming together more as a team. I mean, Brady didn't even do that much in this game. He only had one hundred sixty-six
1: yards, two TDs. Just sort of, they got a pick six early the Bucks, and they got another tip pick. It was the Buccaneers' defense that won them the game. I mean, Rogers. After after he got went up ten nothing and had that really cringy celebration touchdown, uh, <laughs> they they kind of got dunked on after that. <laughs> yeah, they just couldn't get established. I think Gronk. I can't believe he got a touchdown, had seventy eight yards. He is so bad, and he, they just let him get into the end zone. And I'm going to lose in fantasy because of that Gronk touchdown, most likely. Now that is so frustrating. Since I it's actually score like frustrating
0: 100- when when the dumb the dumb people star players like Gronk and or even draft them at all. I mean, Gronk, I think, was drafted in the t- in a, a single-digit round in our league, and that obviously yeah. should not have happened through the first couple weeks of the year. He was scoring, like, zero points, or, like, two points. But then, of course, yeah, he plays you, and uh, he obviously caught his first touchdown of the year. So it is frustrating whenever that happens to you in fantasy. You, you play against a kid who you think, surely this one player they start would never do anything, and they obviously have the rest game of the season. Yeah, the Bucks. I mean, that's
1: a, that's a good win for them. I mean, the Packers, a lot of people thought they were the best in the NFC. The Seahawks, sole possession of the one seed. Are the Seahawks and Buccaneers really the two best teams in the NFC? I mean, we thought the <laughs> NFC was going to be way better, but every team's falling apart. I mean, the Packers, they're out. They're definitely still in the mix. I mean, that was a tough game. That was on the road. Tampa Bay had fans, but... I mean, I'll think about if we flip the switch Would Tampa Bay, be able to go into Lambeau field in the cold in January and win a playoff game. I don't know, but it definitely looks like they could fight with the Packers here.
0: Yeah. We'll see how the seating shakes out. I mean, I think the bucks they have more questions to answer. I mean, like you said, Brady only 166 yards, but maybe that's what we expect from Brady. I mean, that's what he needs to do. He kind of just is a passenger on this team, which is talented and has a good defense pretty much like New England last year. And if he's able to just not turn the ball over and sort of rely on the run game, obviously Ronald Jones up over 100 yards sort of carried them on offense this game. Maybe he doesn't need to be a special type player. Maybe he just needs to be a game manager. And that'll be enough for them to be able to win games. So we'll see if they're able to continue this momentum and we'll learn a little bit more about Tampa Bay as we keep going in the season. All right, let's talk about some teams that won their first game this week. The Giants beat the
1: football team 20-19. to I was watching some of that game. Danny Dimes, I mean, this offense still isn't that good. He threw a nice touchdown to Slayton, but he still had under 200 yards. Kyle Allen actually outpassed him. And for some reason, the football team tried going for two at the end of the game when they could have just kicked the extra point (laughs) to go to OT. Ron Rivera, Chris, your dad was a little too aggressive, and they lost the game that's giving the Giants the first win. And the Falcons, I think the Vikings might be the Jets of the NFC here. They might need to – maybe Mike Zimmer and Adam Gase. Are on the, <laughs> maybe they're on the
0: same level of coaches at this point in the season. All right, well, let's talk about the Giants first because the Giants, I mean, yeah, they basically got out of this one with luck. I mean, I guess they got they did make the big play at the end to stop – the Washington offense from scoring on that two-point conversion. But, yeah, I mean, just when you're at the bottom of the league, I guess Rivera, he just wants to win games. and doesn't really have time for overtime. So he is just out there being aggressive and trying to convert. And the Giants, I guess they did make a play to save their game there and get their first win. So congrats to, the, congrats to them, Joe Judge, his first career win as a head coach. So he's able to get it done. Jones gets his first win of the year. So that is good for them. Uh, They surrender the number one pick now to the Jets, who are the only winless team, uh, which we can get into uh, for the next game. But going to the other game, the Falcons and the Vikings, I mean, look, it's just the Vikings, they are just playing down to their competition. They came into a game last week against an undefeated Seattle team and they were on the road. They came to play. I mean, they knew that they were going in for a tough game. They probably practiced hard all week. They play Seattle every year. They probably want to beat them. And they started off the game. It, it was their game plan. They ran the ball. They looked great in the first half. Uh, they, were, they gave up the lead in the second half. They stormed back. And you know some decisions at the end of the game just didn't go their way. Uh, and, and they ended up losing. So coming to this game, they're feeling good about their competitive game against Seattle. They're at home. They're going up against a winless team. They probably just figured that they didn't need to try very hard to win. And when you're a 1-4 and team going in, you do need to try that hard against a team that has no wins. You only have one more win than them. And I think clearly they just were not prepared. They were not ready. Uh, Some bad breaks. I know Kirk, he had three picks in this game. One of them was tipped at the line. So, you know, there's that. But he did make two bad decisions that resulted in turnovers. So not the game you want out of him. He did take responsibility at the end saying it was his fault, but yeah, basically nothing went their way. The run game without Dalvin Cook looked terrible. I know Madison had 100 yards uh, in the game against the Seahawks, but a game against a weak Atlanta run D, you expect him to be great, and he only is able to muster up four fantasy points, so I know a lot of people started him uh, relying on that Dalvin Cook output, and they did not get it. So yeah, just disappointing. I know Justin Jefferson had another great game. He had over 160 yards, two touchdowns, so as a Vikings fan, I look to that a rookie and say, you know, it's exciting to watch him play well. But other than that, uh, not much you could say as a positive. They gave up 40 points to an Atlanta team, and uh, you know they gave them their first win. It's always embarrassing when you give a winless team their first win. Yeah, I mean Matt Ryan four touchdowns, 371 yards.
1: It was Julio Week. He finally broke out. Uh, he, well, he, he came won. back finally healthy. Yeah. He, Two touchdowns, 137 yards. He uh, proved that maybe he's actually the guy, not Calvin Ridley. Although Ridley got a touchdown, 60 yards. He's a monster. But Vikings, I don't know what they were doing. I mean, Madison only had 10 carries in this game. Did they just forget to run the ball, like, in this game? Ten well, carries they went twice. down
0: 17 nothing. When you go down 17 nothing, you can't run that much.
1: Well, I know. So, it's I guess it's Kirk's fault for throwing two picks early that resulted in touchdowns, basically, for the other team. Like... I don't know, like, Dalvin, like Madison's good. He's a, He had over 100 yards after Cook left the game against Seattle. But, yeah, they just didn't care about the run game. They just decided to throw in the Falcons and it ended up not working for some reason. Jefferson, the LSU receivers don't fail. I mean, Odell's a great receiver, Jarvis. And then Justin Jefferson, and, he's, uh, and Jamar Chase, who's in college now, he's up next next year. It seems like every LSU wide receiver becomes a really good NFL player. So that's the positive. And since the Vikings have a top three pick right now, what would you think about if – I mean, Kirk Cousins, he has 11 touchdowns, 10, t- or 10 picks in the season. It's not great. Would you be inclined to just throw the rest of the season away and maybe draft a quarterback in the top three or five? Like Justin Fields, Trey Lance, Trevor Lawrence. Do you think that would be a move for the Vikings? Because that might be able to change your entire team next year.
0: Well, I mean, it, it is a tough call. and if they, you know, if they don't get the number one pick, they're probably not going to be able to take Lawrence. And that really is no. the only QB I think that would actually be able to star for a team next year. I mean, Fields, he's good. I think he probably will be a good NFL player, but he doesn't really necessarily have the first-year impact that a player like I think Trevor Lawrence would have. So I don't know. I mean, we'll see where the rest of the season goes. The bottom line for the Vikings is they still have a decently talented roster and a team like the Jets doesn't. So I don't really see how Minnesota even sticks around in the top three or five. I mean, if they have a top ten pick, you know, that's likely I think, but they won't be high enough to take a player like Lawrence. So unless you're willing to trade, trade up and, you know, sacrifice future draft picks to get what people say is one of the best quarterback prospects ever this year. I mean, you know, maybe it's worth it, but, as of right now, I don't think the dominoes will fall to get them in position to take a a top two or three players. So I don't know. I think you're kind of just stuck right now with the roster that you have. Yeah, I don't know. I think
1: getting fields would be great for this team. I mean, he would already have Justin Jefferson, Thielen, Dalvin, he would have a good offense. I think he'd be pretty good if given the, the situation around him, but I don't know. You could tank, you could fire Zimmer and get a different coach, sort of a new, uh, play a new brand of football, maybe more of an offensive minded coach with your new quarterback if you draft one. But yeah, I don't think the Vikings, I mean, they I don't think they'll get a top 3 pick. I mean, maybe they will go 3 and 13 we don't know, but I expect them to win like 5 games at this rate maybe. 5 games probably. So that's probably that's probably like the 5th or 6th pick. Depending on the season since there's so many bad teams. Uh the Falcons have one win, Jets have none, giants have one win. There's some teams with two wins. So, yeah, I don't know. It's it's going to be – this missile is going to have to make some decisions if they want to keep Kirk and keep paying him or they just bench him and just start fresh, start a little fresh with a new quarterback in town.
0: All right, well, let's get to the, the bona fide worst team in the league, um, the Jets. They got shut out by the Miami Dolphins. So, just when you think they couldn't get much worse, they they redefine what it means to be terrible. They – have all the bad stories in the news. They released on Bell. You get Greg Williams questioning what's happening with Adam Gase in the offense, basically placing blame on your head coach as a coordinator. Just everything going wrong for the Jets. And now they don't score a single point in a the game. They're the only team this year to get shut out. So, And by the Miami Dolphins, no less. So... Not uh not great to say the least for the Jets. they are basically running on backups. they have Flacco and Frank Gore. I mean I guess if this was 2013, you would have a, a pretty great backfield, but right now <laughs> yeah uh, it is not and uh, they're going to need to get Sam back to at least even be watchable by anyone uh, because he's really right. the only person on that team worth watching. And for the Miami Dolphins on the other side they're they're playing free fits is having the time of his life. He just gets to do whatever he wants on offense. And uh, they finally decide to throw in uh, Tua at the end of the game. So they were up, obviously, with a huge lead. And they gave Tua his first NFL snap. So we were wondering when we would see him. And uh, Fitz was there cheering him on on the sideline while he took his last couple snaps.
1: Yeah, and the Jets are the only team in the NFL this year to not score 100 total points. They scored (laughs) 75 and the Giants have only scored 101, so uh so their offense has taken a step back. Yeah, but,
0: okay, think about that. That's like a twenty-six point spread between the the second, I know, the second lowest scoring team and then the bottom team. Yeah, it's an entire I mean, extra game.
1: Baltimore has scored the most points in the NFL: one hundred seventy-nine. Tampa Bay one seventy-seven. Seattle one sixty-nine. So, yeah, that's like a, a hundred point difference between the best team and the worst team in the NFL this year.
0: The Jets continue to to put zeros up everywhere. Zero wins. Zero points. Zero confidence in Adam Gaze. Zero everything. They just they are the worst yep. team we've seen in a,
1: quite a while. Let's talk about another bad team, but they're sort of trending up. I'd say that the Cincinnati Bengals one four and one. They're up twenty one nothing on the Colts, and they ended up blowing it. I mean, Joe Burrow is my flop of the week. He played okay. I, I don't know if he flopped. I mean, he almost. I mean, I guess because he blew the lead. But he had 313 if yards of rushing, touchdown. If you started and a pick, him, you
0: were you, okay. You probably you probably need to start him if you're starting him, and you probably weren't completely saddened. AJ Green came out of his
1: grave in this game. He had 96 yards and eight catches. Uh, I thought this guy couldn't run anymore, but he actually almost had 100 yards. And bro, one of his favorite targets, T. Higgins, the rookie out of Clemson, the second round pick. 125 yards in this game. It seems like every week a rookie wide receiver goes nuts. I mean, there was high expectations before the draft. This might be the best wide receiver class of all time. It had a chance. And it's it's definitely living up to it so far. We see Jefferson, 166 yards in a game, 175 in another game. T. Higgins is coming to the party. LaVisca looks pretty good. Ayuk had some nice games. Claypool also going ham the last couple of weeks. A lot of great wide receivers. C.D. Lamb also. Judy had some nice games. Ruggs played well against the Chiefs last week. It's been really fun. I mean, a lot. Of, it's 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 awesome watching so many young players succeed in their first year. It makes the league entertaining.
0: Yeah, it's always fun when you get the the high-caliber rookies playing well. And I think it's funny because the two rookies coming into the year, especially for fantasy-wise, that I think most people wanted were Henry Ruggs and Jalen Rager. And neither of them have been necessarily bad. They both been out due to injury but it's funny that those two guys are sort of the main rookies that people were drafting and uh, it's been almost everybody else just not even they've been dominating while Ruggs and Rager haven't really been able to play so yeah I mean it seems like every rookie wide receiver has found success whether you have a great quarterback or not Uh, I think we're going to be seeing a lot of these receivers uh, for years to come
1: yeah, that's awesome. Philip Rivers, <laughs> he played well in this game. Jonathan Taylor, your boy, he played all right. I mean, what would he get fifteen fantasy points? Yeah, he had a lot of catches. Finally, he had sixty. He only had twelve carries. I, I mean, the Colts were also down well, most of the were game. down twenty-one so...
0: nothing. Yeah,
1: yeah. Colts, um, they're still not a good team to me. They're four and two. I don't. I still don't see the hype. The Titans seem way better. The Titans are five and zero. Oh. That was a gr- that was a great shootout. They played the Texans. Oh, see, Henry had a 94-yard touchdown run. He had over 200 yards. He's he's insane. AJ Brown looked good. He's also a great second-year wide receiver. And me and you, we're gonna take the on this one. I mean, Tannehill. We were like, why would they pay him so much? Is this really gonna? Is this really gonna happen? Like every he's gonna be great every year. But he's answered that. They're five and zero, and he's played well in every single game. He had four touchdowns in this game. Leaving Adam Gase is the key, and they have a great. They have a great offense. They're five and zero. Oh. I mean, they legit can make a Super Bowl run again. Like they made the AFC chip last year.
0: Yeah, I'm not taking it as big of an L as you because I said the Titans were going to win the division, and they probably will. So, yeah, I, uh, rec- I recognized that they were talented and they were good. And Tannehill, I mean, he's played just as well as pretty much any quarterback over the last, you know, last going back to last year and the start this year. So. Good for him, good for them. Uh, the Texans, they obviously lost in overtime. They were your division winner pick. They only have one win. so Bad pick. They are, they're in the, the realm of the Vikings and the Giants and, and those teams, so they are not looking good uh, through the first six weeks. But I want to ask you, Derek Henry had a, an excellent game. He's been going off to start the year. We're, we're approaching Halloween only about one or two weeks away. Uh, oh no. He will he will only get grow more in rage as we get closer. But is he the best running back in the NFL? Is he better than Zeke or Kamara?
1: Um, he's definitely better than Camara. Kamara doesn't even get them many rush yards. He's or like Cook. kick That one um, other I don't know. Derrick Henry, he doesn't get injured. He has the most yards right now in the NFL. He has six TDs. I mean, I guess he is the best. It's him or Zeke, I'd say. Saquon's out, but yeah, Henry's great. He doesn't catch many passes, but he always makes those game-breaking plays. Like he'll I feel like he's always the running right back that gets like 80 yard runs all the time. Like you don't see that with Zeke or Dalvin Cook, I feel like even Camara. Like Henry just gets these game-breaking plays that change the course of a game. Like we saw it against yeah, the Ravens right. I mean, last year in the playoffs and against the Patriots. So he gets he rips off 50 yard runs and you can't do anything about it.
0: Yeah, I mean with Camara, it's more in the passing game, he can rattle off, you know, a fifty-yard screen. Dalvin, sort of the same way. I mean, he kind of he. I've seen him as a Vikings fan watching the games break some 30, 40 forty-yard runs. But yeah, nobody really gets the big ninety-yard run like we see Derrick Henry get almost every single year. I feel like he has, you know, an eighty-five-plus-yard run, which uh, is pretty crazy. And it must be just terrifying if you're a defender to have to tackle a uh, six-four, you know, whatever two. Seventy a pound running back coming right at you, and he wants to run you over. So Derrick Henry, he will get enraged as we hit Halloween. He is a scary player to face.
1: Yeah, I mean this is this is the third straight week where he had two touchdowns. He's at, like he's he's going nuts, and he's going to be even better. Times are not missing a beat. They do play Pitt next Sunday. So one of those teams are going to lose, and after that they'll be the Seahawks lose. There could be no remaining teams undefeated. So. Well, actually, know well, One there'll be one remaining undefeated team, but it's in Tennessee. This game is supposed to happen weeks ago. I don't know. This
0: is gonna be a great game, Titans Steelers. Yeah, I, I know they don't usually flex games this early in the year, but they should put that on Sunday night. The Sunday night game next week is is Tampa against the Raiders in Vegas. So I mean, they want that new stadium on display and everything, but obviously, the Titans uh, Titans Steelers game has more of a competitive appeal than. Uh, a game. It like might the, change it. Uh, Tampa game.
1: Right now, the Titans Steelers is on CBS, so that that could be close. How
0: about the final game here? We're gonna touch on the Patriots. They lose. They are under five hundred for the first time since two thousand and two. So when I saw that stat, I couldn't believe it. I mean, just think about it. not out of the division lead, not anything under five hundred. So they were never zero and one, never anything, which is amazing to me. They lose to the Denver Broncos in Drew Locke's return and Cam Newton's return. So, Drew Locke able to get the advantage. It was a really boring game, 18 to 12 final score. Um, the Denver defense just showed up. I mean, they held the Patriots to only those two touchdowns. So, good for them. They're able to get a win. And Belichick, without Brady, obviously under 500 for the first time in a long time.
1: Yeah, I mean the Patriots are just a bad football team. I think I I picked them not to make the playoffs. Can you guess what Cam Newton's stats are this year, Will? Uh what do you mean, like passing yards? Every, every, yeah, like guess everything? how like just like guess how many touchdowns and interceptions and like yard, approximately how many yards does he have passing? All right,
0: I'm gonna say I'm gonna say <laughs> like 350 yards passing total. Um, yeah. <laughs>
1: No, no, no. He's not. No. Um, he's not Joe Flacco.
0: Look, he had he had Corona, and then he only threw for like a hundred yards in one game. So I thought it could be pretty low. Okay, I don't know. I think he's played in four games. No more. Five hundred yards pass. What? Okay, I don't know. Remember, about, he had uh, like he had five. like three hundred on the Seahawks. Remember? How about like five passing touchdowns and we'll say five rushing touchdowns? Um, wrong. He has two passing touchdowns
1: on the entire season four interceptions in 871 yards he's 32nd a, in touchdown passes i said 350 he is, he is bad and he did have a rushing touchdown in this game but I'm yeah i remember how i said he wanted to come back player then i revoked it well i'm really revoking it now he is bad <laughs> he is bad right, who you, who's
0: your replacement then um
1: philip rivers i guess i have to go with him right the colts are four he's and been two. bad too but he wins games. He had three hundred yards this week, and you thought Cam had three hundred yards in the whole season.
0: <laughs> That's true.
1: The Patriots are a bad team. They do have any. They lost so many defensive players, and and Cam like this team has no receivers. I don't even know how they scored thirty points against the Seahawks that day. Maybe they were just feeling themselves. I guess Demir Bird. Like are you kidding me? But anyways. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the Patriots are not gonna be able to score many points. They got they lost eighteen twelve to Drew Locke, who also didn't even have a good game. He threw two picks. Good for the Broncos. They win Locke's return. Fan Gordon were out for them, but yeah, Pats. Uh, I said they were going a and a. It looks like that's coming true. I mean, they'll beat the Jets twice. I suppose they have two extra wins coming. That they, they beat the Dolphins week one, I believe. So, uh, but that was in New England and. Patriots always lose in Miami, so they might end up losing that game. And I don't. There's no way they can beat the Bills, right? The Bills are just gonna be able to score way more than the Patriots can. Like, the Patriots' D is nice, but like this. I don't know. This is the worst team Belichick's had ever. Probably is its Patriots head coach. And Cam isn't that good. I mean, Brady actually is playing down Cam Newton. We gotta stop pretending like Cam Newton is good.
0: Yeah, it's true. I mean, the narrative going into the year was. You know, can, can, will Cam be better than Brady? Will Belichick survive without Brady as his QB? And so far through the first couple of weeks, um, the advantage definitely does go to Brady. So obviously, this is going to be a storyline for the whole year, but obviously, early now, um, there really is uh, Tampa Bay better than the Patriots. And yeah, I mean, we both said that Buffalo was going to win the division. That seems like it's going to be true. Uh, we don't know the results of the games from Monday night. Uh, we are not. We are not uh, past that yet, but Buffalo, I mean, they scored 16 points in a game against Tennessee last week. So Tennessee looks great, obviously, but we thought that the Bills were going to be able to win that game, and they were not. They did not look good offensively. So they're playing against Kansas City. It should be high scoring. Um, I'm going to assume their offense puts up points against the Chiefs. Yeah, but anyway, I would guess that the Bills would go 2-0 against them when they face off.
1: Yeah, definitely. Against the Pats, um, I mean. Pats play the Niners next week. Niners revived themselves. I mean, Jimmy G looked great. They were in full control that game against the Rams. I know that was one of your locks. I had my worst week. I went 0-3. for The Vikings stunk. The Patriots stunk. They lost. Both of them lost outright. (laughs) And they were both favored. Mm -hmm. And what was the last team I had? I had the Giants... They only won by one point. I knew they were going to win the game, but they,
0: won, they didn't even win by a field goal. They were so bad. So, yeah, I mean, you got lucky. They went for two. The the Washington Washington football team went for two and didn't get it, so they might have lost anyway.
1: Yeah, that could have been OT, but uh, the only pick you got right was the Titans. They actually won an OT. so
0: our records are now even. Yeah, bad couple of
1: weeks. Uh, this I think this week would be a little easier, but I guess not. But... Rams, they're 4-2. Seahawks looks like they're two games ahead now. The, the 49ers-Patriots, That can be a, that's going to be a sluggish game. I mean, that might be a 21-17 type game or something. Both teams are not going to be able to move the ball very well. I think the 49ers would win that game, but uh, it's in Fox, bro, so you never know there.
0: Alright, well, not much news going on right now. We still have the NFL luckily uh, chugging along week by week, despite all the Corona cases with their teams, they still put out a product every single Sunday. No games were delayed this week, so uh, they do not seem to be necessarily worried about that. And the World Series I mean, game one Tuesday night, we're going to keep reacting to those games and uh, covering that series. But that is it for this episode, episode 43 of the Bonafide Scrubs Podcast. We are running out of sports slowly but surely. Uh, we had Sort of a a build-up of everything going on. Now things are starting to slow down. Uh, But of course, we're going to keep going with the NFL. If you like this episode and like the show, you can leave us a review on Apple. You can follow us on Spotify and on social media at The Bonafide Scrubs on Instagram, at Bonafide Scrubs on Twitter. That is it. We will see you on Friday. Goodbye. Peace.